you get a joy from the Lord and, and the, the meanest man in the world couldn't take it from you. You can't be hurt bad enough to lose it if you really got the joy of the Lord. And so you wouldn't, wouldn't hurt, wouldn't suffer, but there's something that comes from that joy. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Come into this place, and this is uh, why, this why the house of the Lord is so important. Because when we gather together in his name, he said, I'm, I'm there in the midst of you. I'm, I'm in his presence. And, and so I begin to worship so I can feel that. I, uh, he inhabits the praises of his people. We begin to praise him so that uh, he inhabits that. And he, he begins to move on us. And friend, I'm telling you, the cares of this life just wash away. Oh, last Wednesday night, you know, we come in here and it was, folks were heavy, man. And it was, uh, people were struggling and had things. But boy, the, the power of the Holy Ghost moved in this place. And, and you just begin to see the cares of this life just slip away, just melt away. And it's people begin to be blessed by the Lord. And it's the same way tonight. That's why I love midweek service because we, we go through so much muck and mire uh, during the week at work and school and just in the world. But you can come in here, lift your hands, and just worship God out of your heart and just feel it melt away. Hey, it might be waiting on you when you walk out the door, but for a moment in time, you'll, you'll be reminded you've got a Savior. You've got a Deliverer. You've got hope. And so now, again, for just another moment, why don't we lift our hands and just love Him for just a moment. Won't you let the Lord bless you real good in this house right now. Get you ready for what God's trying to do. Come on. Hallelujah. Look where you're standing at. Look where you're at tonight in the house of the Lord. Look where you are. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look where you are. Hallelujah. In the presence of a holy God. Hallelujah. Let it be so, God, in our life. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. May Come on, get the blessing of the Lord on you tonight. Hallelujah.
somebody beside you just lift it to heaven and when you do that look at them and tell them he is for you he is for you God is for you tonight God is for you the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers come on the Lord's for you tonight The Lord is for you tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad tonight to know that the Lord is for me. And I'm glad tonight to know that the Lord is for you. And if the Lord be for us, who can be against us? Man, we can have things that can really sidetrack us. That doesn't mean it's the end of us because if God be for us, who can be against us? You know, we quote the scripture often about no weapon formed shall prosper. You know, the, the intent of a weapon is to kill. 
The Lord never said you wouldn't get hit. He just said you won't die from it. And so don't, don't mistake taking blows as God's moved his hand. We, we take blows in the heat of battle. But we just, if we ever hit the ground, we look up and say, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. That weapon, yeah, you hit me with what you got, but it won't prosper. Sometimes there's many weapons in our enemy's arsenal, I guess you would say. He's a liar, a deceiver. You know, he, he wants to, he's full of, he's full of things that put stumbling blocks in your way. That's, if I can just make them trip, make them fall, if I can confuse them or you know, get them discouraged, you know, I, they'll walk away on their own volition. I won't have to do nothing. He just has to, he didn't have to pick the fruit and hand it to Adam or Eve. He just had to plant it. You won't die. Well, that does look like pretty good fruit. Oh, boy. What a difference a piece of fruit makes. Yeah. You see, that's the thing is that when we know the Lord's for us, you know, he, he might have got a little initial joy the enemy might have by watching them get kicked out of paradise, but I'm sure it didn't please him at all to see Adam build an altar and sacrifice to the Lord. Still going to sacrifice to God after? Yeah, I am. Because he could have he just ended me. He could have just let me. But instead, he, he kept me alive. And friend, I'm glad today that I'm alive in God. When I should have been took out many times over. I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about any time we could, we could let something get so big or so bad. And it could just take us out. But when you got God on your side, always looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, running this race with patience, man. I, oh, man. Sometimes it'd be good to sit down and talk with some of those elders and say, hey, did you have to do this at running your race? They'd be like many times over because it's, we're going to have all kind of things on this course of life. But when you look unto Jesus... Keep your eyes on him. Focus on the Lord. Friend, I'm telling you, you will come through time and time and time again. You'll be like Paul, and you'll have such a long list of things that can come against you, but you'll sum it up in saying, for I am persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate me. Nothing. I've, I've seen enough now. I, I, can, I can say I am persuaded that if you want to live for God, you can live for God. It's, that's, that's, a, that's just a fact. If you want to live for the Lord, you can live for God. All you've got to do is choose Him and trust Him. And I promise you, you'll, get, I, you'll have bad days, but you'll get through them. And you'll go through the flood and you'll go through the fire. But you, that's the word, through it. You're going to make it. You will make it all the way when you trust in Him. Uh, I don't, I don't use the phrase anymore, I'm just a newcomer, because I'm not anymore. I, I think I've uh, been around a while now. I, I've seen some things. So now I can tell you with a certainty, God will make a way. 
And you're not a special case that God has decided, nope, not for them. No matter how awful you think you are, no matter how terrible your situation might be, he does it for everybody else, not me. I said this one time before, the only unanswered prayers of the Lord and the unanswered promises of the Lord are the ones that he hasn't brought to pass yet. It's not that he doesn't have intention of it. He just hadn't brought it to pass yet. So I need patience. The Bible tells me and you both, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, then you obtain the promise. Sometimes doing the will of God can last a lot longer than you and I think it should. How come it didn't seem like it lasted as long that dude because that dude's got a different job than you do everybody's not going to be the same every part of the body don't grow at the same rate and we're all part of a body aren't we All right. thank you Jesus I'm thankful for the Lord tonight I'm thankful for you guys I love you aren't you thankful for the presence of the Lord in this house hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I want to I want to uh, say something tonight. I'll give you an announcement. Uh, heads up, maybe some of you have heard about this, but this is for us. A friend of mine, and I told him I said I'm going to mention this to my church because um, because of our ladies. I want you to hear this. Uh, he sent me a message, and his wife, someone that works with his wife, said they checked this out. It seems to be a real thing. You never know. Could be a hoax, could maybe could not be, but there has been a challenge issued on TikTok for Saturday, the 24th, and that a group of men have started a challenge for a national day of sexual assault against women. That's the world we live in. Could be a hoax. I don't know. I will tell you this, I'd rather err on the side of caution. Men, you, you watch after your ladies this weekend. Ladies, you be mindful of where you are this weekend in case some nut job out there thinks, yeah, I should do this. What a world. I'm telling you this because it was passed on to me, and I love you, and I wouldn't want to see anybody hurt by the foolishness of this world. So be careful where you are and where you go. Guys, again, watch your wives, watch your daughters. Watch out for other ladies if you're somewhere, but just keep an eye out. Hopefully it's just the foolishness of somebody thinking that's a funny joke and, uh, and maybe they'll be shut down before it ever gets started. But pray that God will protect our people. Keep everybody. If you have your Bibles tonight, Romans 11. Again, glad to see you. Regeneration in with us tonight. Thankful to see all of you. Thank you, darling, for beautiful singing and worship tonight, leading us. Every time it's just her singing and me preaching, reminds me of those evangelist days. And uh, man, I tell you, she can do it. Romans 11, verse 16 through 18. Paul writing to the church, writing to the saints. Speaking of the Gentiles that we have been grafted to the vine, he says this, For if the first fruit be holy, well, the first fruit 
Christ, the first fruit be holy. The lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. What a good principle. If the root is holy, so are the branches. We're instructed from the Lord, and Peter reminded us that we are to be holy because he is holy. He says, and if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and now with them you partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches. But if you boast, you need to be reminded of what he's saying. You don't bear the root, but the root bears you. I want to, I got a lot of scripture tonight. I will try to be very expedient, but I want to preach or teach on this tonight. As goes the root, so goes the tree. As goes the root, so goes the tree. Let's pray for our lesson tonight. Pray for your pastor as he preaches. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you, God, for your word and his instruction. Life-giving word, life-giving instruction. Lord, to bring us into your kingdom and into your will and into your ways. So tonight, God, let our heart be good ground. Let it be good soul, Lord, to receive and hear what the Spirit would say to the church. We ask it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap and shout of praise tonight? Hallelujah. God, I give you praise. God, I give you praise. God, I give you praise. You can be seated. Thank you for being the principle of, of that as goes the root and so goes the tree. It can be found in many different things through the scripture saying that whatever's uh, feeding through the root will determine the outcome of the tree. We know that to be his, we must be born again. We must be born of the, the spirit of the water. The Bible says without the spirit of Christ, we're none of his. We're baptized into one body by one spirit. We're uh, spiritual beings living in a physical body. We have the spirit inside of us and it's alive and it's moving. And so we, we understand that, uh, you know, uh, however the word goes in our life can determine how our life goes because we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I hope that we are not depriving ourselves of life-giving sustenance. You know, we don't miss a meal if we can help it in the natural there's some folks, well, they breakfast, brunch, lunch, second lunch, dinner, midnight snack, three in the morning refrigerator snack. <laughs> but how many times do we miss our bread of life, the word of life? It will determine how your life with him turns out because you can't live for God without the word of God you can't please God without his word because without faith it's impossible to please him and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word uh, it's, not, it's, it's more so much more than joining a church uh, it's so much more than just saying simply I believe it is the obedience the application that we put to this but 
the theme of, of trees uh, and people as trees and, and uh, throughout the scripture, it's a, a running thought and, and it's a, actually a really good study if you ever just like to study certain patterns and subjects and in in principles in the scripture uh, that people, good and evil, are mentioned oftentimes as trees. Psalm 52 and 8, David said, but I am a green olive tree in the house of God. You know, that makes me think of what Paul was writing because the branch that we were, uh, we were wild olive trees, but we were grafted into a good olive tree. And Paul said, as long as I am in the house of the Lord, in the house of God, I am a green olive tree. It matters where you are planted. A tree uh, will grow uh, best. You, you know, you, if you plant trees in your yard and you're like, wow, you're out west somewhere and you see a great tree, you say, well, I'd like to have one of those in my yard back in Georgia. Well, it may not grow in Georgia. The soil, it, you can dig a hole and plant it and you can water it and fertilize it, but it just won't make it because it's not where it's supposed to be. You know, it's just how it is. You can create a greenhouse and make an environment for it, but it's, it's not the same. It needs to be where it was planted. In Psalm 37 and 35, David said, I have seen the wicked in great power, and I have seen them spread out like the green bay tree. And so even the wicked can be uh, like a tree and, and be planted, and they can grow. But then he went on to say, but when I sought them, I could not find them, for they had passed away. Uh, the trees of wickedness just don't seem to last. And so uh, in this uh, part uh, that Paul is talking to with the church, he is letting us know that it matters what is feeding you. It matters what, what is coming up to you. It's, uh, it's going to determine who you are. And he begins to talk about us as Gentiles, but he, he first lets us know that if the first fruit is holy, the lump, is holy. So if the root be holy, so are the branches. And so we know that we are to be holy because he's holy. You, if you are really in him, you will be holy. Uh, he said, and if some of the branches are broken off, speaking of Israel, he said, and now you, a wild olive tree, that's who we were, uh, were grafted in among them, and now with them you partake of the root. See, the root is what is feeding you, and you partake of the fatness of the olive tree. You don't influence God. God influences you. You don't influence the Word. The Word influences you. You're not, uh, the Word is not born again by us. We're born again by the Word. And when we're born again by the Word, the Scripture says we are new creatures. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. When this wild olive branch is grafted in, it begins to lose the characteristics of the branch that it came out of. And the fruit that it bears will come from the good root, from the good olive tree, because it is being fed by that root. It is no longer connected to the wild root. Oh, we need to learn that. When we're born again, when we're in Christ, we're supposed to be new creatures. You need to cut some things off. Uh, at the root, There's, you know, heard those saying, "What's the root of the problem?" Well, that, that sometimes people having problems. Well, it's the root that they still got connected. They still trying to hang on. They trying to create a hybrid. Paul didn't say we were hybrids. 
now we become part. We, we are partaking of this root. We're partaking of this good olive tree. We are not hybrid uh, fruit. Uh, but the, we're all in one body by one spirit. We are one in him. We're not divided in him. We're not, he said, Jew and Gentile don't mean nothing. He said, or circumcision or uncircumcision don't mean nothing but a new creature. Old things are passed away. You better quit trying to live like a hybrid. You know, I know the world's big on hybrid cars and things like that right now, run off gas and run off electricity. That's fine. We don't, we're not hybrid Christians. We don't run part-time off the world and part-time off the word. Hey, as goes the root, so goes the tree. I want to make sure tonight that I am planted in the right soil. I want to make sure that there's nothing going on uh, around the root system of this tree. Isaiah 61 and 3 said, We are the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. I am His. I'm His tree. I, I belong in His field. I belong in His ground. That's where I need to be at. I need to be fed by Him. I am, I've been grafted in. I'm a planting of the Lord. I've been cut out of the world. I've, I was just reading something the other day. I don't know. I, I love figs. A lot of people don't. This front row right here. That's the figless bunch right there. I love figs. But I didn't realize. I just thought you would buy a bush, but they sell cuttings. I said, that's just a stick. They said, oh, no, you take that and you, you plant that cutting, and it begins to get well, there's a whole process, but you do it and it begins, the roots begin to come out of that cutting and then you plant it in the soil and that's where it's going to stay and then it begins to grow and the next thing you know, you got, there you are. You know, well, that's us, we're, we're, we're cut out of the world, put in a different branch, grafted in and now we are not being fed by that wild place we came from. We're not, God called us out of darkness. That, that soul of darkness, that field of darkness. He called us out of that so we could be the planting of the Lord. God is very specific about what he wants us to be, and he wants to be the one to feed us. In Psalm 1, 1 and 3, it continues with this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now, when he does all of this, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. That's you know, something you'll read over really quickly if you're not careful. An apple tree doesn't bear fruit year-round. It bears it in its season. We're trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and we will bring forth fruit in our season. God will determine, God determined the season for trees to bear fruit. It's no different with us. Don't get frustrated in your fall and winter. Come on. Because you're his. This man, listen, he is... Uh, uh, drawing. Let me just. Finish. I gotta finish this. I'm. I'm. I can stay right here for a while. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. Whenever he is without fruit, his leaf 
will not wither. He's, he's still going to be alive. You're still alive. But there are times that you will not be bearing the fruit that you think you ought to be bearing because it's not your season yet. But our responsibility is where we draw from. He said we need to make sure that we are not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, that we are not standing in the way of sinners, and that we are not sitting in the seat of the scornful. It matters where we draw from because as goes the root, so goes the tree. And then he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. And in his law or his word, he meditates day and night. I love it. Day and night. He is not going to be different depending on whether he's in the dark where nobody can see him or if he's in the light where everybody can see him. He is consistent because he wants to grow. He is consistent because when his season comes, he wants to produce fruit. He wants to be like a tree planted by the rivers. So he stays consistent and he draws from the good stuff. It matters where you're planted. It matters where where you're drawing from because as goes the root, so goes the tree. Woo! Jesus, why would you lift your hands for a minute? I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is talking. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody. I don't know how far we'll get in this, but I'm telling you, the Lord is trying to let you know. And as goes the root, so goes the tree. I want you to hang in there. You've been worried because you hadn't seen the fruit yet. Honey, I'm telling you that it's just because it's not your season. It's not because you're out of order. It's not because you're out of line. It just hasn't been your season yet, but it's coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter day or night, whether you know day or night. You, there's, there's, there is a condition in men. The Scripture teaches us that men love the darkness because they could hide in it. That's something that you get rid of when you become His, because we become children of the light, and we get rid of that desire to hide in the darkness and do things in the darkness, and then put on our best face in the light. He's saying whether it's night or day. Uh, friend, he's going to be consistent. He's going to be planted. He's going to be drawing forth the good stuff. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. Sometimes we need to be content in the fact that God is prospering us until it's time for our season to come to pass. Jeremiah writes almost the exact same thing, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. He said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. What's so good about it? And why is he blessed? For he shall be as a tree planted by the rivers or planted by the waters, and he spreads out her roots by the river. Shall not see when heat cometh, 
but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought and neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Didn't say it would be never ending. Uh, it just said that in its season it will be always, you won't be coming to it when it's time for the harvest going. Where's the fruit? It'll be there. When it's time, it'll be there. God always has time for us. And, and Jeremiah is letting us know that so goes the root, so goes the tree. However, uh, uh, the, the tree is being fed will determine how it will grow. And finally, Jesus said this, John 15, 1 and 6. He said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. He's the overseer. He's watching every branch in me, every branch that's in me, Got to read careful what he says. Every branch that is in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he will purge it. Or the word actually has two meanings. It means he will either clean it or he will prune it. That it may bring forth more fruit. Jesus said, now you are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. And that means it's going to help you bring forth more fruit by the word. matters how you're fed. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. Don't ever think you're going to be successful for God outside of him. Don't ever think you'll be successful for God outside of his word. Having a belief in him and lining up to his word, that's two different things. People can believe in God. Saul, King Saul, believed in God. But when he went outside the word, God didn't bless it. And he found himself not able to hear from God anymore. He, he was so deceived in himself that he said, I've performed the word of the Lord. And Well, then how come I hear all these animals carrying on and, and the, the prophet told him obedience is better than sacrifice and God desired your obedience more than you trying to say I'm doing something I'm doing this for God but you're doing it outside of God's word and it won't prosper and it won't bless and so he said abide in me and I and you the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine no more can you except you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches that's the order he's the vine we're the branches he that abideth in me I and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And if a man abides not in me, if he doesn't meditate my law day and night, if, he, if his delight is not in my word, in my ways, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. So the pattern is the same, the principle that we see here. As goes the root, so goes the tree. So how is your root system? A quick examination of our life could tell us. A quick examination of what's going on could tell us. The good thing is that even if something's going on at the root, it can be remedied. 
there's a parable about a man who he had a tree and said, this tree is not bearing fruit. It's taking up the ground. Let's get rid of it, dig it up and get it out of here. But the man taking care of the garden said, let me dig around it and fertilize it. He said, I'm going to dig around. That's where the roots are. Let me make sure the roots are being fed what they need and let's see what happens. If you find yourself not bearing the fruit that you think you ought to be bearing, you might ought to check the root system. Am I getting my good dose of word? Am I getting a good dose of prayer? Am I spending time in the Spirit and the Holy Ghost because the Spirit helpeth our infirmities? It'll, it'll help fix that root system. Yeah, it'll lead you in all truth. It'll help you. Now make sure the root system is right. Why are roots important in a, in a plant or a tree? Well, roots provide an anchor system for a tree to keep a tree in place. If there was no root system, every time the wind blew, you'd be outside picking up trees. Trees, listen, they're anchored. Trees do not change location. Mature trees don't. Sometimes people will dig up, they'll have a tree farm, and when the tree is at a, at a little age, they'll dig it up and they'll transplant it somewhere. But then it's very crucial that they dig the right hole get the right amount of water in there with it, get the right soil in there so it will survive. But if you know you got trees in your yard, you don't ever go out and say, hey, these trees were on the left side of the yard yesterday, now they're on the right. They don't just, eat trees. we don't see trees walking around. Mature trees, a sign of maturity in a tree is that they stay in one location. It matters where you're planted. Praise God. It's a sign of... Uh, it's a sign of maturity and perfection or completeness. That's what Ephesians 4 is about. But God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teaching, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the church. He said, so they're not going to be blown about with every wind of doctrine, moved around everywhere. They're going to they're be uh, settled. You want to know what will help your root system? Listen to the ministry that God has placed in your life. If, if a blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord or God's word, then his delight is also in Ephesians 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers were given by God for the perfected. God's trying to make sure his trees are taken care of. He's trying to make sure that somebody is working and pouring in nutrients, the things they need for the root system. Because that's the other thing for roots is that roots are a lifeline. They deliver air, water, and nutrients from the soil all the way up to the leaves. And it's so the leaves can interact with sunlight so they can produce sugar and flavor and energy for the plant. It all works together to make it a great blessed tree. Everything you get out of here will work to make you a blessed and a better tree to bring forth the fruit that you ought to. So our question, uh, you know, what is uh, feeding us, it, it could actually be expanded to what is holding us and feeding us because roots do both things. Examine ourselves, the Scripture says, see whether we are in the faith what's feeding us, what's holding us, what is going on around our root system, what's happening. In Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 15, 
There's a different kind of root happening here. The writer here says we need to make sure we're looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Now the principle from Romans 11 and 16 is that if the root is holy, the branch is holy. So if the root is bitter, the branch is bitter. What's feeding us? He said, be careful, look diligently, examine yourself, make sure that the root has not become bitter, springing up. It'll be noticeable, and it won't just trouble you, but it can affect many other people who are around you. If the root is bitter, the branch is bitter. If the root is angry, the branch is angry. If the root is hurt, the branch is hurt. Disappointed, jealous, rebellious, whatever it is, whatever the root is, so will be the branches. As goes the root, so goes the tree. We need to make sure that we are being careful about what is going on in our life and in our root system because we are still the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. But even the best tree can have something happen in the soul. We need to make sure we are examining ourselves. And take, look, you don't uh, have a tree farm that, or an orchard and just, yeah, we just plant them and see what happens. Man, then people are checking what kind of nutrients are in the ground. They want to make sure they don't need to add any kind of fertilizer or something so that it's not too acidic or it's got this going on. That They're going to make sure that everything is right for those trees. How do we expect to be a good tree if we neglect? The Bible says, how should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You'll just start neglecting God's word and neglecting the things of God and the things that got you where you are and see how quick your tree begins to change. Sometimes things happen on the outside of the tree that don't come from the root. Things on the outside attack it and you can treat that. We have that happening, but as long as it has a good root system, it can survive. It's when things get to the root that the tree is in trouble because as goes the root, so goes the tree. And if the roots die, the tree is going to die. That's the fact. Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 33, either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt because it's not going to be swapping off. You can't have a good tree with bad fruit. You can't have a bad tree with good fruit. The tree is known by his fruit. As goes the root, so goes the tree. And he says we have the ability, it's on us, to make it that way. I can be like this blessed man in Psalm 1, and my delight can be in the law of the Lord. And it won't be just the things I'm doing. It'll be the things I'm not doing. I'm not going to hang around with the wrong crowd. I'm not going to take ungodly counsel. I'm not going to listen to people who, who, who don't know what they're talking about. I'm not going to stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to delight myself. What will God's word say about it? Because as goes the root, so goes the tree. And I want my tree to prosper. I want it to be blessed. I want to make my tree good 
and the fruit of this tree good, it's on you and me. We've got the power to determine how that's going to wind up. When we get this warning of the root of bitterness in Hebrews 12, it comes at the end of instruction concerning correction that we receive from the Lord and from his word. In Hebrews 12, 5 and 6, he says, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, and don't faint when you are rebuked of him, because all things work together for my good, because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. So even his chastening, do not despise when God chastens you. Do not faint or give up or when you are rebuked of him. Peter was rebuked. He hung in there. Get behind me, Satan. His, the Lord, as far as I know, the Lord ain't never said that to none of us. Hey, get behind me, Satan. That'd be tough to take. But Peter said, survival is more important than quitting. And I'm going to keep going. I'm going to, survival is more important than quitting. I'm not, I, you know, Peter started sinking when he was out. I preached this before. He started sinking when he was on that, that angry sea. They were, oh, Peter didn't have faith, didn't have faith. I said, I'll tell you what, he had enough faith to get back to the boat so he could stay alive. He, he had enough faith. He wasn't so ashamed or so uh, upset with God that you let me sink. Oh, you've done that to yourself. But I did stretch my hand out and pull you up anyway, and we both got you back to the boat so you could preach another day, Peter. Let me tell you, just get back to the boat so you can live. Keep going. Praise God. So he says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and he scourgeth every son that he receives. He'll chasten us and scourge us. God will give you a spanking. I know today that well, you can't spank your kids. They, they call, you know, your kids can call the law on you if they wanted to. But God said, no, spare that rod, spoil that child. God's not going to have a bunch of spoiled kids. He, he will not spare the rod. He will let us know, hey, it's time to tighten up. But he went on to say now about this, about the chastening. Verse 11, now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. I never got a whooping with a switch or a big black leather belt that I walked away from it going, man, that was nice. <laughs> I think there's a name for them kind of people. It hurt. I didn't immediately turn around and say, I appreciate that, Dad. Thanks, Grandma. I appreciate that. I love you. Thank you. No. No chastening for the present seems to be joyous. No scolding, no correction, nobody calling you out saying, hey, 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 tighten up, do this, don't do that. I've caught you, you're in trouble. None of that is joyous. But it's grievous to us. Our pride gets hurt, our ego gets hurt. We think, I'm a child of God, I shouldn't have to put up with that. I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to be called out. I shouldn't have to be corrected. God, help us if we ever feel like we are beyond correction. We need his correction. So it's not joyous. It's grievous to us. 
Nevertheless, I love the nevertheless. Afterward, after that stinging, after you feel like your backside ain't on fire no more, after your little pity party's over with, after all these things, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Don't let the initial ouch of correction become a root of bitterness that troubles you and defiles many. Hello. Don't let the initial ouch of correction become a root of bitterness because this is where he's talking about. He says after the chastening, after the correction, people have forgotten that he... He corrects you as a child. He corrects you as somebody he loves, not as somebody he's trying to hurt, embarrass, any of that. He simply wants, he'll, he'll chasten you, he'll scourge you. You know what uh, Jesus said in uh, John 15 and 2? He said the Lord will prune us so we can bring forth fruit, more fruit. So he will scourge us or correct us or chasten us so it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. When he corrects us, he is working on our root system. He said, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. The word exercise there is in the Greek, uh, gymnazo, which where we get the word gymnasium. But it means like exercise, long-term athletic training. Uh, discipline training rather than sporadic burst of exercise because sporadic burst of exercise don't do anything for you. When you wake up on Monday and say, I'm turning over a new leaf, you hit the gym, you get home and you're wore out and you're tired, it don't seem joyous. You did 150 crunches and, and when you look in the mirror, you still got that gut. And then you don't go back for another month. I can't understand. I go once a month to the gym. I don't know why all I am is sore. Why all I am is disappointed. Because just a little, hey, I want to do better and a little sporadic thing. So you can post, tell everybody you went to the gym that day. You take a little picture of your green drink you were drinking with that. So everybody thinks you're getting healthy. And they don't see that again for another month. And they say, but you don't look like you've been to the gym. And you just feel awful because when you work out hard like that, you try to, you're trying to fix everything in one little thing. It don't work like that. Mm-mm. You, you want to get that six-pack or that eight-pack? That's years of conditioning, of nonstop conditioning. Short of plastic surgery, you ain't going to get them abs and them, them pecs and all that stuff. You, you know, it ain't going to happen working out once a month. It don't happen. And you can't pray once a month and act like I'm going to be a good tree. You can't go, you can't go to church once a month and say I'm going to be a good tree. You can't read your Bible uh, once a month and say, uh, uh, well, I, I'm going to get better spiritually. I'm going to get better. I'm going to be a better Christian. I read 18 chapters a day, but then you don't read again for another month. And you read Leviticus, so you don't even know what you read. <laughs> I read a bunch of names. I spent four hours reading names. 
reading genealogies. I guess I'll read something else next month. Oh, he, he's saying it's like those that are exercised by this kind of correction. This thing, is, this is a way of life, of obedience to the Lord's chastening. It doesn't mean he beats us every day, but he does not fail to reach out to correct us when we need it, and we endure that because we realize it's only going to make us better. That's why you have those guys that, hey, I ain't missed a day at the gym in 18 years, and they walk around like this, and, and you just go up and touch their stomach. It's like, because they don't slack. They don't quit. They eat right. They do right. Because that's what they want. That's the result they want, and it's the result they want to keep because they know if you quit, if you've ever been a really one of those gym dogs and just been in there where that's, that's all you did, I used to be one, and, man, you're just like, oh, boy, I, I, that's it. I got it going on now. Just stop for about a month and watch how quickly it begins to deteriorate. It does. It goes away a lot faster than you think. It takes a, it's a lot easier to lose that shape than it is to get it and maintain it. And so uh, this it, that we live for God, it's a way of life, of obedience to his chastening because it builds permanent character and growth results from this. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness it is not going to be attainable from short-term efforts. Yep. You will never learn to run a marathon by simply jogging a mile or a mile and a half every other month. That is not how you get in shape for a marathon. It's an everyday uh, month by month by month, years of training and conditioning so that you can run that race. And we're running a race. And we're trying to get to the end. We're trying to make it there. But it's not going to happen if we are hit and miss in our walk with God. No, we don't always want to go through with it. But we do. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, the Bible says we endure hardness as a good soldier. And we think of that as simply the attack of the enemy. But it's not. Sometimes the chastening of the Lord's hard. Hey, there ain't nothing harder to endure than someone you love correcting you. When somebody that you love so much and you never want to disappoint them starts to correct you, man, you would rather them just beat you and not say nothing than to look at you like, I can't believe that this has happened. You know, oh, just, I, just don't, just go ahead and ground me, punish me, do whatever you want, but don't look at me and don't say nothing. Can you just take my phone away and don't talk to me? You know, whatever. Just because that's worse. It's hard. Waiting is hard, but we endure hardness. Disappointment's hard, but we endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so don't despise the chastening of the Lord. A tree will bear fruit, good or bad, and people are going to be affected because, hey, we're influencers in the world. We're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And so we need to make sure that we are keeping our heart right with God because that's where the word lands and that's the ground that it falls down in. I, I think I'm getting close to being done here. But, it, but I'm, I'm going to finish this lesson, so just, just hope. Well, they say, hold my mule, just so you know. 
we're going I'm going I'm to finish what we're doing here tonight. We need to, the Bible charges me, keep your heart with all diligence. I need to keep it. I need to keep, Jesus took the hard heart out. Ezekiel says he takes away the heart of stone and gives us a, a fleshy heart, a heart of flesh, a heart that's soft, a heart that can feel, a heart like his. I have to keep it from hardening. I don't want my heart to get hard. And so, you know, uh, you know, you know one thing David, the psalmist wrote, Psalm 119, he said, your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. We act like that's a Rolodex that, uh, and it is good to have his word in there so you know if a temptation comes up, you can go to the word and say, no, I don't do that because of the word. But sometimes uh, the word is in there and it corrects us. It pricks our heart so that we are corrected and we when we cry out like they did on the day of Pentecost men and brethren what shall we do when we cry out we go God what shall I do it's in there and so when we make that mistake it, it corrects us it, it chastens us it, it scourges us because the word's in there and we just went against it so we keep our hearts soft and fertile for the word of God because Jesus gave a parable about a sower that was sowing the word. And there were multiple grounds that it fell on, but he said this in Matthew 13, 5 and 6. He said, some of the seed that the sower sowed, it fell upon stony places. But the word is being sown into the heart. And so that stony place is the heart of that person. Some falls on stony places where they had not much earth, And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. As goes the root, so goes the tree. There was no What did the blessed man, though, he said, or Jeremiah said, he's not worried about the heat. He's not worried about the summer. He's not worried about all the heat or any of that that comes his way. He's not going to wither because he is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. But when you have no root, you will wither away. So he gives them the, he reveals to them the revelation of what he's talking about. He says, they, in verse 20, he that receives the seed in stony places, the same as he that hears the word and then quickly, immediately with joy, he receives it. But he has no root in himself. So he endures for a little while. And then when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. When there is no deepness, when there is no root, people get offended because of the word. They're going through tribulation, going through persecution. They think it's because I'm standing for the word. And we're going to suffer tribulation in this world because we're his. And the word that's trying to correct you, people, when people don't have any deepness, they, they, they grab that first word immediately with joy. They receive it. But then when a little trouble comes, when there's a little persecution, they get offended because of the correction that's coming, because of the word that's coming to them. They get offended at it. It says they they just wither away. 
Because as goes the root, so goes the tree. Keep your heart soft. Keep it fertile. Get some deepness. Study the word. Read the word. Dig around. You don't, you don't plant a tree in ground about like that. You've got to dig deep and get those big trees down in there because they've got to have room to spread out, room to grow. You ever, you ever seen them bring one of those trees in with that big ball on the bottom of it? I mean, you, gotta, you ain't digging that hole with a shovel. You, gotta, you got machinery making those holes so you can drop that. It's got to be so much bigger than the actual tree. There's room. Friend, there's room to grow in God. There's room to grow. We, we need that. But we've got to dig deep. We've got to dig deep for that. So, so we've got to make sure that we don't become offended because of the word. We know that Jesus said in the world we're going to have tribulation. In this world, we will have tribulation. But don't let tribulation be the influence that becomes the root that feeds you. Don't let, it, don't let troubles and trials and stress and anxiety and things affect the root system. Remember who you are. Remember that if, if, it's, if it's trouble in the world, that's all right. You'll get through it. If it's God correcting you, remember he's doing that because he loves you. Don't let it affect the root system so that you become bitter it springs up. Everybody can see it. Everybody can tell it. It's troubling you, but it's also affecting many others because we are influencers in this world. Salt of the earth, light of the world, trees of righteousness. You don't think trees make an impact in this world? Take away all the trees from this planet and what happens? Things will get bad real quick. That's why they always got these save a tree kind of stuff. And that's where you get these tree huggers from. They hug in the tree so the tractor won't run them down, you know. But they save the rainforest, save the trees. Why? Because this planet needs those trees. This world needs good trees. Yeah? Come on, somebody. Come on. You know, there's a lot of fruit that you eat with salt on it. What? Yeah. Yes, you do. Salt is good. That's Bible, don't you? Mean that? So, if you don't put salt in watermelon, I expect you on the altar screen. Oh, but that salt, all this influence, but just salt. You know what I don't do? Maybe some people do, but I don't. I never just get salt and go, ooh, wee. Oh. I don't like salt that much. But um, all these things, salt and, and light, just think if there was no light, how awful the world would be. If it, and if there was no salt, where would the flavor, where would the seasoning, where would it be? And then if there were no trees. And, and, but here's the thing. If these trees of righteousness, righteousness that are so vital to the existence of this world that are helping to build the kingdom of God, if we don't make sure that the root systems are good, we're not going to influence nobody. We're not going to reach anybody. Trees make an impact. So again, the question, what is holding us? You know, that thing about the, the root holding us, that's why storms can come. You still have trees in your yard because they've got a strong root system. But any root can have a strong, a tree can have a strong root system. A bad tree can. That root of bitterness, you know, you know why, what you have to do to really get rid of something, something like that? You have to pluck it up by the roots. 
You got to kill the roots. I've got, uh, what, do you, what do you call those trees with them little prickly things on them? Sweet gums. Hey, I have cut them down and behind my house. Took some lob things. You, you, you went in and cut it as close to the ground as I could. Next spring, see, it looked good for a while, but I didn't get rid of the roots, and so it's back because it's got a it's got a good root system. If that root of bitterness is not plucked up, you might do something. You might have a good service where you really prayed, and whew, it looks like it cut it down. A, a tree with a healthy root system going to stand the storms, stand the trouble, stand the trials, stand dry weather, anything, because it's, it's deep. It's, it's grabbing water from places you can't see. A root of bitterness, it will stand against the preaching of the word. It will stand against instruction. Yeah. People, that, 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 if that root of bitterness takes hold, you can't hardly talk to them. You can't instruct them. You can't advise them because it is so strong in there. And unless they pluck it up and do what it takes to get it out of there, it will always spring back up. Cut it down even to the ground. It will be back. You've got to get rid of the root system because as goes the root, so goes the tree. So what's holding us? What's feeding us? Examine ourselves. Inspect the fruit that we are producing. Then make it good. Fertilize it with the word. Fertilize it with prayer. Fertilize it with righteous living. Make a change in your spiritual diet. Get more word. Be holy as he is holy. Meditate. Give yourself to these things, the scripture says. Stand with me. In Proverbs 12 and 3, it says that the root of the righteous shall not be moved. I don't want to be moved. I want, I want to stand. In verse 12, it says that the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. That's good things. When the root system is good, you're going to be stable. But when the root system is good, you're going to yield fruit. You're going to do what you're supposed to do. In Colossians 2, 6, and 7, Paul instructed us, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, continue in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught therein with thanksgiving. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love how did he say they would know we were his disciples when we love one another if we're rooted and we're grounded in love our faith is going to work because the Bible says faith worketh by love we're going to we don't have to worry about failing because love never fails the scripture says we don't have to worry about being separated because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ so when we're rooted and grounded in love as goes the root so goes the tree that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and then to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, and that we might be filled with all the fullness of God.
But that's if we are rooted and grounded in love. As goes the root, so goes the tree. While she's playing tonight, come find your place in this altar. Do a little inspection. Check the soil that you're rooted and grounded in tonight. Pluck up those roots of bitterness. Make the tree good. I don't even want to talk about making it corrupt. Just make the tree good. Do what you've got to do tonight. Let's get ourselves ready to meet the Lord. God bless you. This world can never satisfy the longing in my soul. When all is lost and hope is dry, all I feel is cold. I'm coming back to your
those that are in the altar stay where you are keep praying for a moment but let's lift our hands across this room you know the Lord was he's speaking in this place tonight I know this word was from the Lord this church is here for a reason this church is here for a purpose and friend I am so thankful when God sweeps in to do maintenance on us 